1: all right. And we are live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. This is Thursday. We are going to continue talking about our running back ranks. We're going to try and get through all of them 20 through 1 today. Dennis and Matt are here with me. How you guys doing today?
2: I'm doing great. I'm a little wounded, but I'm hanging in there.
3: I'm doing pretty good too. It's a little uh, hot here. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be like 10 days over 90 degrees.
1: Yeah, that sucks. I heard—is it going to be hot? Was it so? Not next week. Two weeks. Thoughts? Yeah, maybe. Have they said anything?
3: It's possible.
1: Supposed to be like a hundred plus here every day next week. So I'm really—I was really hoping to move to go up to some nicer weather when I went up to Colorado. Well, before we jump into our running back, since all but three- enough
2: about you guys. Let's talk about my pending vacation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's a big deal for me. For me I'm, I'm really excited for it. No, actually, I actually want to talk uh, get your guys' advice since everybody's doing Scott Fishbowl right now and RBs. I need an RB and I'm not really sure which way I should lean right now. I'm kind of so I'll give you guys a, a little look here at my I'm trying to figure out what round we're in. Round nine. We're finally we finally made it to round nine here in in the DC figures division. I am sitting with if I can find my roster here. So I've got Baker, Stafford, Chubb, Ingram, Galladay, Jarvis, Cortland Sutton, and George Kittle right now.
2: What what conference is the D.C. Figures division? Is that like uh, eight? It's not eight, like 10, 11? Uh, it says eight.
1: conference one, I think. Okay. So we're number one. We're the best, better than all the rest. Not really. It's, it's been a really weird draft. I was actually hoping to grab Locke, but he went just – uh, he went two picks ago. I was hoping he'd fall to me. So I can go running back or quarterback here. I'm kind of torn on those two. Quarterbacks kind of suck uh, at this point. Locke was kind of like my last ditch effort of guys that I thought I could get. He got Darnold, Haskins, uh, Cameron Newton, I believe, is still here. Yes, he is. I think so. Let me type that back in. You know, nope. Newton already went. Never mind. So that, or I can go running back. Best running backs are Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, oh, man. Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Matt Philip Lindsay, Matt Breida. What do you guys think? I
2: I feel like running back is the way to go. Let's see at eight, nine oh eight. You're going to be coming back at ten oh five. Who are, who are the quarterbacks? Quarterbacks on the on the board right now?
1: Not good ones. That's what I'm kind of worried about. There's a couple people who only have one. We've got like three guys who have got like three or four quarterbacks. So you got. The only actual starters left right now, Darnold, Haskins, and Fitzpatrick. That's it. Unless I go – I'd have to take my shot on on Mitch or Foles, whichever one I think.
3: What is is your quarterbacks? You have Baker and who else? Baker
2: and Stafford. So I feel like it's worth taking a shot uh, as as long as, say, Haskins doesn't have the same bye week as Stafford or Baker. Um, He should be
1: week eight. Yeah, I think – Bakers week eight or Stafford is nope never mind good
2: yeah I feel like uh, there's no more. you're likely not going to get another quarterback now I do know some teams out there are not really very quarterback focused because of the scoring here they're saying look I'm going to get me one great quarterback and then the rest of it I'm just going to start I'll start a position player in the flex
1: well, see, that was that was the strategy I was going for, but then Baker kind of fell into the seventh, eighth round. I think I grabbed him in the Wait, eighth, and I
2: was—you like, got him at six oh five—is where you
1: took him. Okay, I was like, man, I just—I thought he I fell to was, the
2: seventh or eighth
3: round, and that's
1: all right. <laughs> yeah, man, look, we've gone through like three rounds in one day. It's been ridiculous. Like up until today, there's been like no—I think I've made like three picks over a matter of days. Like it has been really slow, but. um I wanted Locke. I was hoping to get Locke or Bridgewater, and both of them I know just went in this round because I had them both queued up. Let's see here. So Bridgewater went at eight ten, and then Minshew went eight twelve. Rivers nine one, and then Locke went at nine five. And he was what I was kind of hoping with I was love. I was really hoping to have that double up of Stafford and Galladay and Locke and Sutton. I was. I really would have liked that as my as my team, but. Um, I got Baker and Jarvis, so I'm okay with that. Um, Baker,
2: Jarvis, and Chubb, you got a, a real stack.
1: Yeah, well, you know, me and my me and my affinity for that team behind me. Unfortunately, I just can't quit them. So uh, I have
3: uh, uh, Locke, Sutton, and Lindsay.
1: See, I'm I'm thinking of. Oh man, I I don't know. Like, I want to go running back. I just don't know who to take. Like, I love Keyshawn, but man, that mix with Ronald Jones, I kind of want to steer clear. I almost want to go Tevin Coleman, but I feel like I'm reaching on him if I take Tevin Coleman here. I don't know.
2: Well, so, and I I don't think that the Mostert news changes anything in regards to the San Francisco right. running game.
1: So, so the only reason I'm actually leaning more toward Coleman, I think I I posted it in our group chat when that news came out about Mostert. And I guess we can talk about that as we transition into running backs here. Was They actually had – I was listening to the Fantasy Radio channel in the morning the other day because I got caught up with some stuff. I put it on, I was listening to him, And they actually had the San Francisco beat writer on. And he said that he thinks Tevin Coleman was going to be the guy before the Mostert news came out. This was like two days ago. He said that he just believes if Coleman's healthy – they believe in him more. Kyle Shanahan trusts in him. That's why they wanted to bring him over from Atlanta when he left, that he thinks he's still going to get a majority of the workload, that Mostert obviously has been phenomenal for them. I think he was talking about how he's averaged like five-something yards a carry, which is one of the best in the oh. NFL since he's a, been a starter, and that's going to get on my nerves with that going off uh, on my computer. But um, they st- he still thinks that Mostert, or that Coleman's going to be the guy. So I just – I don't – like. I mean, man, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to go... I don't know. I'll think about it. Let's talk about running backs. I guess I should have done the shared screen thing already since we're going to do that. You guys have any thoughts on the Mostert news while I'm getting this set up?
2: I, like I said, I, I don't think it affects anything. He's not asking... In, in my opinion, he's not asking for a new contract. He's not asking you know, for an extension by new contract is what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. He said trade me, but... He's got two years left on his deal. No, just... he
3: said trade me because they
2: couldn't work out a new deal that he liked. Correct. Yeah. And so that's what what is that? Trade negotiation ploy 101. So he's gonna end up, they'll work something out. I think they look at him and go, you know, we don't pay our running, we don't pay our running backs that much. He is one of the best two running backs on the team. Uh, he may be better. Than Coleman. I think it's hard to tell because Coleman has struggled with injuries so much, but Mostert's had injuries. And we've seen that Shanahan can plug in just about anybody into that offense uh, and make him into a good running back. So to me, it doesn't change anything. They're not going to cut him. They're not, unless somebody gives them some crazy offer, which, It's a weird time in the NFL just like it is in the real world, and nobody's really going to be going out there and trying to make a deal for a 28-year-old running back that's played for, what, five teams in seven years or seven teams in five years, something like that. He's a decent back in in, in that system. Uh, I I think he probably should get a bump up because he showed that he can uh, handle the job. He's more dynamic than Coleman, in my opinion.
3: I think where San Francisco is probably a little annoyed is apparently I did not realize he signed a new three-year contract just prior to last year. So it's like he played one year. And well, like, he signed nah, a, he, he
2: signed that. a special teams contract, basically a special teams backup contract, and now he's essentially the starter. I mean, well, I mean, Shanahan, Shanahan said two point eight seven million dollars this year. Shanahan said this offseason that he earned the right to be the starter. He, he said that earlier in the offseason. So, well, yeah, he's getting 2.5 or whatever, and, and uh, Coleman's getting four. I, I think if they do anything, you know, they cut Coleman and get out from under his contract because Shanahan feels like he can make just about anybody work in that offense. That would come down to uh, if Jarek McKinnon looks healthy, if they feel like McKinnon is. is really healthy then maybe they do something like that but i would my expectation going forward is it's exactly the same as it was 3 days ago
3: yeah i think mckinnon's actually the one it looks like there would be no dead cap they could
1: let go um i mean he's been on the team for a couple of years now even though he hasn't played
3: yeah so he's he's the one that they could kind of you know they could release and that would up right now his cap hit's 2.9 million uh mostert's cap hit right now is 3.1 and then Coleman's about 4.8 in a in a cap hit i mean i get that he you know is looking f- for more money i just don't somebody brought up that this isn't exactly the best time of year to be trying to do that which is uh makes sense too there's no place where he could potentially go where they're looking for, you know, where he would be guaranteed volume. So I was right. kind of bummed out about that just because I had looked and realized that I have him on nine teams. He was well, one of my favorite kind of weight on running back and then, hey, got myself a, uh, like, 10th round starter there.
2: Well, and Ian Hartitz tweeted earlier earlier today. He's like, you know, wait a minute, let me get this straight you're going to try to threaten the family that invented running backs don't matter.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. that's, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. All right, we're going to talk running backs. I just got to ask one more. Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins, who do you guys trust more?
2: Darnold. I think as your third quarterback, you're going for upside, and the upside is going to be with Haskins this year. Um, it, I, I like I probably like Darnold a little better as a talent, but um, I, I just feel like Haskins is he's going to be more of the I don't know I I don't think it's a it's it's probably not clear cut either way, and maybe that maybe. I, I, I'm weighing in on Haskins because of my OSU homerism.
1: Oh, I understand you on that. I don't know. All right, so let's talk about our running backs. I'll let you guys keep it off here. I've got them up on the screen. Not answering that right now. Uh, so let's see here. Trying to. So Dennis, you've got. We left off at. Uh, we talked about twenty-one. We kind of teased last week our twenty. Me, Raheem Moster, and both of you guys at James Conner. Uh, go ahead and give me your guys' thoughts on James Conner. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but the blacking out did not work as well this time as it did last week. You kind of already see who the players are, but whatever. You, you,
2: what you, you just checked the ro- a different color of black, is all.
1: So, give, us, give me your thoughts on James Conner as I try and fix my computer here.
2: You want to go, Matt?
3: Um, you know, I, I still like James Conner, and when he's been healthy and Ben's been healthy in that offense. You know, we've seen some great production last year. I think their offense as a whole was, uh, was rough. And I think the fact that they really had no sustainable pass offense took a toll on the running backs, you know, even when they were in there and then Connor, you know, struggled with a few, uh, injuries that were unfortunate, but I'm hoping I know you guys can plug your ears, but I think Pittsburgh's offense as a whole will bounce back a little bit uh, this year and have a better year. Um, and Connor, I believe he's playing for a contract. Um, so that kind of always helps. They have been talking about all the competition he has behind him. Sometimes that motivates people. And then I saw a picture of him lifting weights and he had his muscles have muscles. Yeah, um, I moved so him up two like,
2: rounds after that. Yeah,
3: I mean, that, you look at that and you're like, yeah, I think he's preparing to carry the load.
2: No, I, I agree with you. I think that offense is going to bounce back, uh, provided Ben's elbow holds up. If, if his elbow is fine and he can generate some passing game, that's going to take a lot of pressure off that running game and open that up some. If, if the season goes perfectly for the Steelers, then – Connor's going to get 225, 230 carries probably. Probably. He'll he'll be an early down guy and catch a couple passes. You know, they've got Samuels, whom they like in the passing game. They drafted McFarlane, uh, and uh, they've got Benny Snell, who's sort of the direct first and second down backup. So they have a – a good core, it's all going to come down to, can Connor stay healthy? If he stays healthy, uh, he, he's going to probably have a good season. You know, it's, I, I think it was one of the ball blast girls tweeted earlier, um, earlier today that if, uh, if Le'Veon Bell doesn't hold out, James Connor is still a backup. You know, that may be where his talent is is replacement level. You know, he he l- looked pretty good, but he doesn't do anything exceptional. And then you tack onto that um, his injury history. So for him, what he's got going for him is is potential volume. I think that puts him uh, in, in the RB twenty range.
1: Yeah, so I went with Mostert, obviously I spelled his name wrong as I just realized that with Mostert. But um, obviously this was before the news. I I thought that him and Tobin Coleman were going to split time. Still do. We were just obviously talking about uh, some of the stuff I heard on SiriusXM earlier where a lot of the San Francisco beat writers think that uh, Coleman's actually going to be the guy, so Coleman might end up jumping him eventually. Uh, But I still think, as Dennis said earlier, and I agree with Mostert, is uh, is probably the more uh, elusive, more talented back. Oh, what I just did there. My goodness. Um, All right, so let's see here. I'm just messing all this stuff up today. So next for us, we've got – I'm done. There we go. We're just going all the way up because I can't get this stuff to work today. It's been a beautiful couple days for me. All right, so – no,
2: Bob Vila says, don't you, Matt? No. Good good
3: good craftsman never never blames
1: his his tools. tools. I'm not blaming tools. I'm blaming me. I can't get this shit to work. That's what I'm saying. It's definitely me. So we're just going to talk about our 12 through 18 here now, because we've already got him up. So for me, I've got David Montgomery at 19. Matt, you've got Mostert. Dennis, you've got Melvin Gordon. You are the highest out of all of us on Melvin Gordon. So what is it, or why is it that you believe so much in him uh, compared to me and Matt?
2: Uh, I think you're using that phrase, believe in Melvin Gordon a little strongly. (laughs) I do think they brought him in with the intent to give him some volume. Um, It'll be interesting to see how well uh, they split the usage between Gordon and Lindsay. We've seen Lindsay be consistent and, and produce at every turn when he's given the opportunity. So it doesn't make a ton of sense for them to uh, take opportunity away from him, but it appears as though they are. Uh,
3: so uh, let me ask you, does it change your feeling at all? I read a report this week uh, about how Melvin Gordon has conspicuously not participated in anything with new teammates. And when he got called out uh, about that on uh, Twitter, he responded, bro, I haven't even signed my deal and been paid yet. Uh, so like Lindsey Sutton, the two rookie receivers, Judy and Hamler, Fant, they've all been working with Locke, all offseason Broncos, Instagram, Twitter posted videos of Philip Lindsay running routes with Drew Locke and called it our, our starting offense at work.
2: Well, I, I think Melvin recognizes that he's going into a situation where he might not be as popular as he would like. Uh, I, I think in 10 years, Melvin Gordon is going to look back on uh, the period starting with his holdout and, and realize that he screwed himself pretty good. That if he'd have just come to camp, he'd have gotten a deal that maybe not, you know, outlandish like he wanted, but he'd have gotten a good deal. Um, It it, does that impact me? You know, it it does from the standpoint of uh, you know it's it's not uh, it's not a deal until you sign on the dotted line. But what's he gonna do? Is he gonna you know? Call up Shanahan and go, hey, I, I think your system would fit me great, and I'm better than the guys you got there. And Shanahan's going to go, okay, I'll give you two million, you know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, I I like Gordon. I, I do think that uh, whether he's there or not, they signed signed him, signed him uh, with the expectation they were going to give him some of the volume. I think there's some school of thought that feels like uh it's not in Lindsay's best interest to run him two hundred and seventy-five times. You know, yeah. I it'll it'll sap his explosiveness. And that's that's really where where he excels. So if Lindsay carries the ball 175 times and Gordon carries it 200 times, you know, or 150 and you know, one eighty something, they they split split the carries. Uh Matt, you talk a lot about how Lindsey was slated to be the passing down back uh, until he just went in and and took the lead back role away from uh, uh, Royce Freeman. How quickly I forget. So, well, at that
3: point, it was Devontae Booker. Booker and Freeman were supposedly jockeying. You know, what, what I'm, you know, when I was looking, I looked obviously at a lot of different Pat Shermer offenses and how they mixed and stuff. And one of the, you know, the year that he was with the Vikings when they went to the NFC championship game, they that was actually the year they had the split between McKinnon and Latavius Murray. And I was looking at some of their numbers. I could reasonably see something like that ending up happening. Cause what I think were the numbers Vince, there? I have to go pull it up. But McKinnon, park it. McKinnon, I think, had like 500 yards rushing, but was a much bigger factor passing. And I think Latavius Murray ended up with seven or eight hundred yards, but had um, had the rushing.
1: Yeah, that was what so that was the year that made the what Peterson went down right and uh that was when McKinnon got all the love and hype before they signed him in San Francisco. Is that the season I you're think, talking about?
3: Yeah, I think it was that. Let me look. Yeah, because let me look. I mean, I just pulled it up. Because I looked at a bunch of different years um, to see, because that that was the year that Bridgewater got injured early, and they traded for Bradford, but Keenum ended up being there running. And they had Delvin Cook. Cook is the one that missed a bunch of time. So Latavius Murray ran for 842 and eight touchdowns. Uh, McKinnon ended up with 150, and so uh, Murray had 216 carries. If you added that to kind of the four games that they had Dalvin Cook where he was 74 carries, 354 and two, you're, you're saying roughly uh, you know 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns. McKinnon got 150 carries for 570 and three touchdowns, but he caught 51 passes for 421 yards and a couple more touchdowns. Uh, That, to me, feels like that could be a reasonable kind of thing. I know everybody was trendy to say they thought Melvin Gordon was coming in because he's a superior receiver. I don't necessarily think he's a superior receiver. And what I've seen a lot of footage and pictures of is Lindsay working with Locke coming out of the backfield, which is why I started wondering if that 2017 model, you know, they had Diggs and Thielen that – Kyle Rudolph was super involved. I know people have said, well, they don't think Noah Fant's going to be involved. We're talking about a Pat Shermer who force-fed Evan Ingram 68 targets in eight games last year. I think he likes to use the tight end. He can use a couple receivers. That's, to me, I looked at that year. I looked when he was in Philly in 2014. You saw something similar with their spread of running backs and weapons. And I think that's what to me makes it feel like Lindsay's going to have more of a role and more of an opportunity than people are willing, are thinking right now.
2: Yeah. I, I think as it, Lindsay truthers would be happy with 150 carries and 60 catches, you know, year three, <laughs> hash, hashtag two, three year window. You know, <laughs> I, I think that that fits right in there for a five foot, eight hundred and ninety five pound back.
3: Yeah. And he can do a lot with it. That's what, you know, so I think that's perfectly fine.
1: All right, Matt. So I just talked about having a Mostert where I did at 20, you've got him just one spot higher at 19. I imagine looking at these rankings, Dennis had him lower than us. So do you have anything you want to add?
3: No, I mean, basically when, when it comes down to it, my rankings of 15 to 20 are kind of like the wish dream you know, I hope these guys can bounce back to form or can pick up where they left off. Uh, so, you know, Raheem Mostert obviously had a great end to the regular season. We saw him dominate in the playoffs. There's one of two ways he can go that could carry into the regular season. He can be who we think he is, or it could be the Damian Williams halo, you know, where we saw him a couple of years in a row, finish a regular season strong, be awesome in the playoffs. And then, you you think he might be your RB two only to get kind of boned over. I'm I'm wishful and hopeful. You know I I liked uh, what what Bob talked about with the consistency guide. He he liked uh, the consistency of when Mostert's been been given opportunities. The news yesterday gave me a moment of pause, but I'm kind of like Dennis. I don't really think there's a lot of options. I think they're going to get it worked out. You're you're a team that's really in that Super Bowl window that that wants to get back. Um, so I am I, I feel pretty good, you know, right there. Those guys kind of in that range, I could see them moving up or down a few spots in that range, but that's that's how they got in that range. I'm, I'm hopeful based on volume and opportunity.
1: All right, so uh, 18 for me, I have James Connor. I, I agree with everything you guys said. I think for me, the only reason, and I, again, it's not much higher, it's just two spots. I just... I don't believe in anybody else in that Pittsburgh backfield. So as long as Connor stays healthy, I think he's going to produce. I can actually see Connor being closer to like fifteen to twelve than where I currently have him at eighteen, just because I don't trust anybody. Like I know everybody likes Benny Snell, but Jalen Samuels didn't show much of anything last year. I just I, I don't think there's anybody that's really going to challenge him that much in that backfield if he stays healthy. I completely skipped over David Montgomery. Uh, I like Montgomery. Uh, my biggest fear with him is I know. Why do I always forget the head coach of Chicago? Because he's just Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. Uh, I'm just not sold that he's actually going to commit to the run like he kept saying he was going to last year. Uh, I think Montgomery is by far the better runner. Uh, Dennis, me and him, were you, you both know we were both very high on him coming out of college. He's a very good pass catcher. Not quite as, as spo- explosive as uh, Kirk Cohen is. Uh, but he can definitely do stuff in the passing game. I just I don't trust a Nagy to, to produce and have him be that bell cow running back. So that's kind of what drops him down here to 19 for me. I'd love for him to do it because I think he can, uh, but that's why he is there for me. So that puts us at 18 for you guys. And Matt, you've got David Montgomery as well. So your thoughts on Montgomery?
3: Pretty similar to you. Uh, you know, we basically have the same three guys 18, 19, 20, just a slightly flipped flip order. I think we feel. Uh, somewhat similar. I'm hopeful that he can have a a solid year too, but a lot of that, what does Chicago look like? Yeah. You know, what do they get in terms of offensive production? That's the big unknown. And what is Maggie Nagy going to commit to uh, with
2: play calling?
1: All right, Dennis, you've got, um, what was it? on
2: Bell. You are. I'm at Le'Veon Bell at 18.
1: I am the lowest on him. Matt, you got him just a little bit higher. So we we'll, we can both get your – get both of your guys' opinions on Le'Veon Bell since Matt, I mean, he only had two spots higher. So kind of in yeah. the same range. What do you guys think on Le'Veon this year? What, I, why I, do you have him?
2: I, you know, he's still really good at what he does. Unfortunately, I think that offense could could be the lowest scoring offense uh, in the NFL this year. The uh,
3: Jaguars are saying, hold my beer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, the difference though is the Jaguars have a quarterback that's like f it. I'm going for it. You know, he's like, I, I think Minshew looks around at, at, at quarterbacks and, and says, the only thing I have going for me is it. I've I've got a you know I've got my jorts and my mustache. I'm going to need to go out there and play my ass off to get whatever contract I can because this is going to be a quick ride for me. And so Minshew's going for it. Uh, but with Bell, you know, he's under Adam Gase's thumb. He, he I, I feel like there's going to be some friction this year between Darnold and Gase. And by proxy, there will be friction between Bell and Gase. Uh, there already kind of is. You know, Gase uh, has come out and said he would have never paid Bell that much money and and, and stuff. So I, I think Gase is going to, you know, do what Adam Gase does and take perfectly good Fantasy football players and make them uh, uh, mediocre at best.
3: So, I mean, first of all, I guess this is the part of the podcast where I admit I just realized I'm wearing jean shorts. So apparently uh, I'm living that Gardner Minshew life. You got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Uh, last year, Le'Veon Bell, for as shitty as the, the Jets' offense was and as horrific as those games were to watch at times, finished as RB16 in PPR scoring. That's where I have him again this year. I don't disagree that their offense is kind of a bummer, and as somebody who was a huge Le'Veon Bell fan who had over 20 shares of him that I rode out his year away hoping for better... Um, It was a bummer to see him kind of land in the Jets. uh, And after what was sort of promising opening day, it was a bummer to have him on the Jets. But I think we were so used to the incredible heights that he had gotten at times in Pittsburgh that you didn't really realize that for for PBR and for the you know, them having a craft beer offense actually helped him a little bit probably in PPR. Sometimes he only had 32 yards receiving, but he had like 32 receptions because that was all that, you know, that they could manage to accomplish.
2: I am thumb- hoping that You're getting to me. I thought I heard you say PBR and a craft beer offense.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, you know, I'm hoping that that he can stay kind of at the same level. I think it's a, a case where neither the player nor the team really want this uh, to continue. Into another year. There's even been talk if the Jets are out of it mid-season, which I think uh, wouldn't be a stretch to believe that he could be a guy that they try to move, that a contender maybe that has an injury tries to move for at some point in the middle of the year. I think that has both motivated a. The Jets don't have a lot behind him. I think we liked Lamical P Ryan uh, as potentially a little bit for the future, but he's going to get caught in that rookie wash of, you know, trying to learn a team having. Probably no preseason reps. Uh, I think they're going to be content to ride Bell the same way, you know, that we've talked about the Falcons riding Gurley. And I think Bell is motivated to try to show that he's still got it to see if he can sell himself to another team, maybe a better situation.
1: All right, so at 17, I've got Leonard Fournette. Uh, I'm obviously the lowest on him out of everybody. My biggest fear kind of goes back to something you just said, Matt, and that they're probably going to be vying for one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Uh, I know that he caught a lot. I think it was 70 balls last year out of the backfield. I don't think that that happens. I think he probably drops down closer to 40, maybe 50. Uh, and, and the fact that he almost never gets into the end zone worries me as well, along with the injury history. I love Fournette, I hope that he can prove it again this year and play a full season like he did last year. I don't know if that'll lead to him getting a good contract, but I think he's a phenomenal running back. I just don't trust the offense and necessarily his injury history. So I kind of dropped him down uh, to 17. Maybe I can move him up a couple spots, but uh, I think, For me, really, 12 through 18 are are separated by probably at the end of the year upward, like maybe five to ten points between the ten of those guys. Like, I don't see a big separation between a lot of these guys. So that's just kind of where Fournette came in for me. Uh, Matt, you've got Chris Carson at 17, and Dennis, you've got him at 16. You guys are a little bit higher than me. I had him down at 22. I believe it was 22 or 23. Uh, so are you, I'm assuming you guys believe that he's going to be good to go with the hip and that they're just going to run him again until the wheels come off, kind of like they always do in Seattle. What, what are your guys' thoughts on Chris Carson?
2: You know, Carson has looked good when healthy, and he seems to be back healthy again. He, he's uh, rehabbed the hip. Everything is going as it should. And, I mean, they they invested, what, a fourth-round pick in DJ Dallas? They've got Travis Homer there, Carlos Hyde. Uh, do any of the three of those scare you? you know, Rashad Penny is going to be out at least six or eight weeks. Uh, Can I just ask,
3: did Carlos Hyde have the uh, quietest thousand yard season in the history of time? Somebody was like, he ran for a thousand yards last year. I was like,
2: no chance. Yeah. And then you look
3: it up and he was like a thousand.
2: Well, and, and then you look, it's like he had like 75 catches one year in San Francisco.
1: I was going to say, I feel like he gets – it's almost like Robert Woods with the Rams, right? Like I think he gets disrespected a lot when he's actually produced pretty much – like a lot of people give him shit for what he did in Cleveland. He was actually good for the Browns. It's just Dorsey wanted them to play Chubb, so they traded him. Like Carlos Hyde is not a bad running back. He is a serviceable running back when he gets the shot.
2: So he's going to – but he's going to be a backup Uh, uh, unless Carson is injured. Uh, Hyde knows it. He's come out and said he knows it. I think so. Carlos Hyde is using his Ohio State education. And he says, you know, um, making two or three million dollars a year playing football is a lot better than making nothing, not playing football. So I'll back up this dude for a million or a million and a half. And when they, when they need me, I'm going to be ready. And then next off season, I'm going to try to find uh, some place where I can compete. Who knows? Carson could get banged up again. He could, he could get a, a season ender, career ender, uh, and then Hyde is the guy next year.
3: It feels like he gets banged up and misses a few games every season, so you kind of, I think, got to bake that in a little bit. Last year in PPR, he was RB twelve, even though I believe he only played in twelve games or thirteen games. So I've, you know, I, I feel like seventeen. He seems like a solid RB two. They seem to like him a lot. Penny actually seems like the one who's less likely to be ready to come back from injury. It, you know, six months ago, I would have said no way Chris Carson is going to be ready, but it seems like he's tracking to be ready. They're planning on him being there. You know, even if he gets off to a little bit of a slow start or he's split in time at the beginning, they like him. He seems to fit really well with what they're doing, and he's another guy that... It seems like several times that, you know people have tried to write his obituary, brought in c- competition for him. You know, I remember when they drafted Penny, oh, well, Carson is going to have no value. He's going to get released, and here he is still trucking along. So it- Carson
2: started 15 games last year. Oh, so he must have gotten. He missed two games in 18, yeah, one, one game season. in 19. So he must have missed. I
1: thought he got
3: hurt at the beginning of December, but it must have been just the beginning of that penultimate game.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think he got hurt first, didn't he? I thought it was Penny got hurt and then Carson, and then that's when they it was Homer because yeah. I remember Marshawn Lynch got signed like right before it was like the game before they went to the playoffs. Yeah, so it was that's a right. in San Francisco.
2: I mean, Carson had two hundred and seventy-eight carries last year with thirty-seven receptions.
1: Yeah, man, he's he's just like Carlos Hyde. He's a very he he produces for you every year. Whenever he's in there, he just he doesn't get the respect. I think. So Dennis, you've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire there at 17. I thought that uh, I actually thought out of the three of us, I would be the lowest on him. Turns out I'm the highest. I have him at 14. Uh, so your thoughts on Edwards Hilaire? I don't remember where you had Williams ranked, but I know you had him up here in your top 40. Uh, so your thoughts on Edwards Hilaire being here at 17?
2: Well, I had Williams at 37. Um, I, You know, I've, I feel like they're going to split time, but Edwards-Alaire is going to be the better player. Um, and that offense is a passing offense. Um, you know, they pass to set up the occasional run. So they'll, they'll – Edwards-Alaire and Williams will both get some carries, but I think Edwards-Alaire ends up leading the team in touches um, – And if he produces like he's expected to produce, uh, he's going to be a really, really good PPR back. It's one of, you know, I could see, you know, 60 or 70 catch season and five or 600 yards rushing. It it just, it'll depend on what he does touchdown wise. Uh, You know, he's big enough that if they get in close, he can run the ball in. He's what, 5'8", 205. So he's sturdy. You know, he's not going to run away from a lot of people, but uh, he's he's certainly quick.
1: Yeah, so I'll just touch on him since I have him here at 14. We don't have to come back to the discussion. Uh, I, I just, I, it's that offense. I'm buying 100% into that offense. You know, I said it before. I know there's kind of this narrative, which I somewhat buy into, that with the, with the way this offseason's going, it's going to be harder for a lot of these rookies to adjust to the NFL and new game plans and everything. But I think the easiest transition is from running back in college to running back in the NFL. I just don't see that big of a change, that big of a difference. Uh, I think they are going to utilize him, like Dennis, you just said, in the passing game. Uh, and he is explosive in that. He's very good receiver out of the backfield. And I think with all the other weapons they have, Patrick Mahomes is going to make it work for him. Uh, I mean, I've got him up there. He could easily drop down into the 20s. I have no doubt about that. Uh, but I just think he, he's so explosive. He looks so good with that offense, and now he's moving into a better offense, better quarterback, just an all-around better team at the NFL level with uh, with the Chiefs. I think Edwards-Alaire is going to have himself a good year. Not the best rookie running back, as you guys can see, but I do think he's going to be up there. I, I told you guys I was all in on him. I've been all in on him. All right, so for me at 16, I've got Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, he had a really good rookie year last year, a lot better than I thought he was going to do. I, I still don't necessarily believe in this Raiders offense. I, 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 he broke 1,000 yards last year, didn't he, on the ground? Yeah. I'm yeah. sure that he that again uh you know I'll, I'll be interested to see how much more he's integrated into the passing game this year uh with oakland or if that happens much more at all but uh josh jacobs i'm sure is going to be in for another really good uh really good season Not just i like the other guys ahead of him more so that's what dropped him down to 16 for me we already discussed lady on bell with matt and dennis with chris carson so let's move up to i'll have todd Gurley at 15 so i'll get your guys thoughts on Gurley first
2: Take it, Matt.
3: Well, I think, uh, you know, it's a little bit of what we've, we've talked about. Um, he, he quietly had a pretty decent season. Uh, last year he was running back 14, uh, last year uh, in PPR for uh, the Rams, even though it seemed like kind of a down year. He signed that one year contract going back to Atlanta. Uh, they're a team that needs to make some noise. This year they really need to do something if their coach is going to survive uh, you know, another year. I think it's very possible they just run him until the wheels fall off.
2: Yeah, I, I think with Gurley it's going to be – they're going to manage touches. They're going to give him the ball when they get in close. But that's a passing offense. And, and uh, when you've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst uh, – I think Russell Gage is their three. I don't know a ton about yep. him, but they, uh, they've got the ability to get defenders off the line of scrimmage, and that's going to open it up and make it a little bit easier for Gurley. Gurley still a, you know, he only caught 31 passes last season, um, but he doesn't have any real competition in Atlanta. As much as I love Quadri Allison, Allison is just a two-down guy that's going to be a direct backup. To Gurley's two down work, Uh, I think Ito and Brian Hill will be direct backups to Gurley's passing down work, but it's going to be primarily Gurley when they run, unless you know if they get if they are uh, either way behind or way ahead, then Gurley's coming out of the game because they're going to try to manage his touches, but he's still probably in line for two hundred and twenty-five touches and. Lots of goal line work.
1: Yeah, I agree with both of you. Uh, you know, I, I my, my biggest thing for putting him up here was I just don't see much competition with him in that backfield. I agree they'll probably manage him some, but for the most part, it's going to be all girly in the receiving game and running game when they get in close. You know, if they decide not to throw it, those touchdowns are going to him. So I don't see Matt Ryan trying to QB sneak it in. Uh, so Gurley, I think, is going to be in for a big year. He, he's trying to prove himself on his contract. And as Matt, you said there, I think Dan Quinn is obviously probably coaching for his job this year. So he wants to win. And, and Gurley showed at times last year he could still be a, very, a top back. So I think they're going to do everything they can to keep him on the field uh, and run the wheels off of him. You guys you know- both have –
2: Atlanta, Atlanta rushed the ball 362 times last season and threw it 684. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that might be the heaviest pass to run ratio in the league. And, and I would expect them to probably stay around that as well. So they don't need a lot of production out of their backup running backs. So Gurley is going to be the guy getting the touches, uh, but he's just, they're going to manage it.
1: Right, uh, so you guys both have Josh Jacobs here, just a little bit higher uh, than me. Was that three spot? Yeah, three, two spots higher than I had him. So, your guys' thoughts on Josh Jacobs in Oakland this year, or sorry, Las Vegas this year?
2: Well, if we're being perfectly honest, given the amount of volume that Jacobs had in college, we knew they were going to have to ease him into NFL production by going easy on him and letting him work. It's 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 like you know when you in baseball when they bring a, a pitcher up and they only throw him three or four innings at the beginning of the season till they get him stretched out to throw seven, eight or nine innings. That's kind of what I look at the Josh Jacobs situation as you know, to bring him out of college where he didn't have a ton of carries and then pile him up with 300 carries as a rookie. Well, a very grudent thing to do. Just ask Cadillac Williams, uh, It was smart of them, and and I I feel like he's going to get more carries this year, going to lead the team, and probably double his passing potential as well.
3: But, I mean, he was on pace. He would have hit that 300 carries had he not missed three games. He had 242 carries, 1,150 yards, and seven TDs in 13 games, and that was playing since week eight in the season with a broken shoulder blade, broken shoulder. So I think they, that probably was the only thing that held them back from being able to, um, you know, just run him into the ground. And they don't really have a huge, a big runner behind them. I think we, we both kind of like the Lynn Bowden pick, but that feels more like a kind of third down passing back. They have Jalen Richard, who's definitely a third down kind of passing back. So he doesn't really have a lot of competition as long as he can stay upright. They actually have... I, I'm obviously not a huge Raiders fan, but they do have a pretty stout offensive line, um, which I think is what helps Carr with uh, being able to have a nice completion percentage, and which is what will help Jacobs. So he had a really decent year, and he probably, you know, if he plays all those games and doesn't have a broken shoulder, I think he's easily
1: over 300 carries. So I've got Edward, Edward layer there at 14, which I've already touched on. Austin Eckler for me at 13, I have him lower uh, than you guys do. I know both. I think both of you have him up in your top 10. I just think this offense in general comes back uh, a little bit. I, I don't believe in Tyrod. Uh, maybe if Herbert gets in there as early as I think he could, they'll rely on Eckler a lot more, and I do think he could easily shoot up into that top 10, top 5 even. If they really rely on him to be the workhorse, but I think they're going to split time uh, a little bit. Maybe we see Justin Jackson. I don't think they just drafted Joshua Kelly for no reason. Uh, So I do think Eckler loses out on some of the touches. Still a great receiver. I think he's going to just do, he's going to kill in PPR leagues for sure with that work he gets out of the backfield. Uh, But I think that offense as a whole takes a step back. Leonard Fournette, Matt, you have there at 13. I touched on him a little bit. Your thoughts on uh, Fournette with the Jaguars?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think last year he established himself as a as a potential three down back. What I forgot about is that they now have Jay Gruden as their offensive coordinator, and they went and signed Chris Thompson. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of when you were talking about the passing work, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's true. I guess I, you know I'm not a huge believer in the Jags offense in general, but. Uh, I still think Fournette's talented enough, and they're going to give him the ball enough. Um, he's another guy on an expiring contract, if I believe. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to be probably the focal point of their offense still.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I mean, you only really have to worry about Chris Thompson stealing ca- uh, catches away from him for like the three games he's healthy. So, I mean, it's not going to be much, but you know, it could it still take some from him. Dennis, you've got Aaron Jones here at 13, which is the lowest out of the three of us. Uh, what has what uh, got you? I guess not necessarily worried, but why do you have him lower than uh, he? I mean, he finished his RB2 last year.
2: You know, I, I don't I, – I struggle with uh, consistency of volume, um, and mostly it comes down to uh, – what their head coach wants to do which their head coach wants to use multiple backs uh, which while he had 19 touchdowns last year but i think 18 on the ground and one receiving um, i think they are gonna try to fit aj dillon into a goal line role um, jones his touches may be flat uh, or they may go down and they may try to get him in a little more involved passing I just feel, in general, that he's just not going to be as productive as he was last year, um, either on the ground nor in getting into the end zone. And so, as I as I looked at the guys in front of him, I kind of was, you know, going back and forth and trying to uh, figure out, well, who can, who who do I think is going to who's going to get more yards, catches, or touchdowns? Or who is he going to get more yards, catches, and touchdowns than? And it's just kind of uh, he just kind of landed at thirteen for me.
1: So you guys both have Nick Chubb here at twelve, which I think is just criminally underrated. But he is technically a top twelve running back for both of you. Oh,
2: I'm who do I have at eleven? Because on my list, I have Chubb at eleven and Fournette at twelve. Uh, I don't
1: know. Did I do the list wrong? I don't know. I can't. I, I guess I can take it. You're ruining the surprise See, I worked very hard on this, as we discussed earlier, even though I keep messing it up. Oh, that's you You
2: can wait. I'll talk about Chubb. Yeah, for at some reason, it looks like they must have got switched around, I went, yeah, no, either my, no, my no. list or your list.
1: It's probably mine. I just saw Nick Chubb at 12 from Matt, and I was like, these motherfuckers just type <laughs> Chubb in right there. What is, uh, regardless whether you had him at 12 or 11, um, what is it that you guys are, are worried about with him? Obviously, we know that it's likely going to be a run-heavy offense. Is it Kareem Hunt you guys are worried about? You just think the Browns' offense is still not going to be that good? What is it that's got you guys worried that you have him down here at the 11-12 and range?
3: Well, you know, for me, I I still like Nick Chubb. I have him as as an RB1 and he could go a little higher. Last year he finished as RB8, uh, but he only had 8 games with 20 carries or more and only 3 games with more than 20 carries. Uh, and one of, you know, 21 and 1, 23 and 1, 27 was his top. None of those games with 20 or more carries happened after week 13 of the NFL season. So that gives me a little bit of pause. He was an incredible runner when he was given a chance, and he really maximized his opportunities because he had a few games where he went over 100 at the end when he was under 20 carries because he was averaging like seven yards a carry. And that's great. And if he can do that, he can vault himself back up. But it certainly seemed like – when they got into it and they started giving more work uh, to Hunt, you know, because Hunt was not there in the first eight games, that that took into his touches and opportunities. We also, I think, all think that they have the potential to have a more robust passing offense uh, than they did at times last year. That could eat into uh, some of his opportunity too. So I like him a lot, but if you're – Basing the volume he's potentially going to get compared to some of the other players that have less competition for touches, and and Chubb hasn't been a, a big receiver, um, so you don't have that same kind of PPR propping mechanism with him. So that's where you know I still like him. I still think he's an RB one, but he's just a low end RB one for me.
2: Yeah, I feel much the same way. His his volume is. I think slated to go down a touch. He had 298 carries last year. But like Matt said, once Kareem Hunt came back, uh, no games over 20 carries. So it's going to be a situation where he's going to be really, really good again this year. And I expect him to uh, continue to be a, a really good running back. I mean, he did have 50 targets last year. So there may end up being a little more of an even split in run-pass run ratio for both him and Hunt. But Hunt has shown that he's a really good back as well. Uh, I don't think he's quite the runner that um, Chubb is. So while Chubb will continue to be the starter there and the lead back, uh, with, the, with the offense that has the potential to explode like the Browns do, and the amount of weapons they have, uh, Chubb being one of them, dropping down from 298 carries to 265 carries is probably well within reason for his 2020 season.
1: Uh, so for me, I've got Jonathan Taylor, uh, and I had to stick to my guns on this one. I've been saying from the beginning he was going to be in my top 12, and I just – I. I do think Mack is going to obviously hurt him a little bit, but I just think Taylor's – he's just better. He, He is the more talented running back. Indianapolis has the best offensive line in football, in my opinion, and that's all Taylor needs. I mean, you can just watch it with the Wisconsin tape. You throw it on, Wisconsin is known for having just incredible offensive lines. They do a great job of recruiting offensive linemen. Anytime they create a hole, Taylor is gone. He showed a little bit last year that he can do some work in the receiving game. I don't think he's quite as good a receiver as probably Mac, and definitely not as good as Hines. Uh, but I think that Taylor is going to be a guy that they drafted him in the first round for a reason. I think that they're going to use him. I, I don't think if they believe that much in Mac, they would – or not first round, they took him in the second round. I'm sorry, right? This is the second round? I know they didn't take him in the first round. Edwards Hilaire was the only one that went in the first. Did Indy yeah. take Taylor in the second round? Am I remembering yes. that now correctly? Okay, uh, I don't think if they believed in Mac, they would have taken Taylor as high as they did. So I just I think that he's going to get the ball and go. I have no doubt Mac's going to work in there at times, uh, but Taylor is good enough that all it takes is for him to get a little bit of a hole, and he could be gone for like a sixty-yard touchdown. And I think they're going to lean on him once Philip Rivers starts throwing like six interceptions a game, and so that's where I think the the volume will come with Taylor as well. At eleven, I have Kenyon Drake. Matt, you have Drake here as well. What are your thoughts on Drake?
3: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a, a ton of probably competition to be the guy there. He finished as RB seventeen in PPR in two thousand nineteen with only half a season uh, with Arizona, and that was when he was competing with David Johnson. Who you know they they sent out. He's you know they have a lot of receivers, so they have. Uh, a pretty robust passing offense, but they franchise tagged him for a reason. So I think uh, seeing him bump up into RB one territory with the workload, we anticipate he's going to get in a pretty high volume offense. Isn't that unexpected?
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the only thing that worries me about Drake is obviously the injuries, but uh, what he can do, not just running the ball, but receiving out of the backfield Kyler, We saw last year, even with Drake, and in that offense, they're not afraid to dump it off to the running back if nothing's there. I think having a guy like D-Hop as well on the outside, even with as bad as that offensive line is, likely is going to end up helping Drake a little bit because they can't just rush the box and try and stop Drake and Murray. Dennis, you've got Fournette there at 11. Me and Matt have both given our thoughts on Fournette. Uh, I know you've talked about it all offseason, how Mm -hmm. you are kind of high on him, so give us your thoughts on Fournette.
2: I I think it just comes down to being really the only show in town. I mean, who, who's really, I guess, concerned about him losing touches to, uh, Divine Ozigbo, Rykel Armstead and, uh, James Robinson, I think is the third guy. I know they brought in, I know they brought in Chris Thompson. Um, and I agree with you for the couple games, he's going to be healthy. He'll catch some passes. Um, but to me, if if Thompson isn't dramatically better than Fournette, what purpose does it serve to have Thompson on the field instead of Fournette? So I, I feel like Fournette's still gonna get a pretty consistent volume. I don't know if he's gonna get a hundred targets next year or this year. Uh that was that was a lot of targets, uh, but he it was kind of the only show in town uh yeah. all around last year. So until Chark broke out. And and so getting him 75 targets, 60 targets, 60 to 75 targets, is probably still well within reason for Fournette. And then, you know, it's 250 carries, 275 carries. That puts him, uh, you know, right back up there to be very productive again this year.
1: All right, so 10, I've got Aaron Jones. Matt, you've got Eckler. Dennis, you've got Miles Sanders. Uh, for me, Aaron Jones, obviously not uh, just a couple spots higher than Dennis here. Uh, I think my thing for Aaron Jones is I just think the touchdowns come back a little bit, and I do think A.J. Dillon uh, will be brought in and used as well in this offense. Like you said, Dennis, was why I dropped him down from two. Uh, you know, Again, I still don't think it's going to be a bad year for Aaron Jones. For me, I think I've got the top three, four. The top four for me, I think, are going to be separated by a little bit, and then five through ten, very close. And then, as I said earlier, like 11 through 18, really close for me. Uh, but Aaron Jones, like, just the, the loss in touchdowns, and as many touchdowns as he scored last year, the chances are it's not going to happen again this year. That's a lot of points in fantasy. If it was rushing yards or catches that we were talking about, I wouldn't have dropped him as far, but touchdowns, it's just I, I don't think he scores that many next, this year. So that's why I've dropped him to ten. Matt, what are your thoughts on Austin Eckler?
3: Yeah, so I mean, he was RB4 last year in PPR. He gets a lot of his work in the short kind of passing dump off. I don't think that's all going to go away with Tyrod in there, or even if they play a rookie in Herbert. Um, You know, I have him coming back a little bit, uh, back back to 10, but I think uh, he'll get enough volume in both rushing and passing to be there.
1: Dennis, you've got Miles Sanders here. You are the lowest on Sanders. So, what is uh, what is it? I guess that has you well, not worried. I don't think did he finish top ten last year.
3: Uh, finished I finished in, 15, in fifteen in PPR. Yep.
1: So, what is uh, why do you have Sanders here at ten?
2: Uh, I he's got to be somewhere. It's, it's not like I'm going to put him at running back eighteen. You know, I feel like the guys that I have ahead of him are going to score more points, uh, hashtag analysis. Um, I I like Sanders a lot. I I do think, though, that uh, he's still a little bit unproven, and and, uh, it's also a little bit unproven whether or not Peterson is going to give him the volume he needs to be uh, a top five back. I, I think he's clearly the best back on the team, and should be given the opportunity to fail at being a top five back. I just don't know if Peterson will give him that. And so he lands at number 10 for me.
1: And I agree with you for the I mean, I, I have him at eight, so I'm not that far off with you yeah. on that. I think have him at nine. Is, Why do you hate Miles yeah.
3: Sanders, Dennis? I mean, yeah. clearly. Yeah.
1: Come on. I, I, I'm with you. I think it's mostly Peterson for me. I mean, Miles Sanders, yeah. You know, I was talking about it all last year. He was my favorite back coming out. A lot of people had Jacobs. I know, Dennis, you had Montgomery. I had Sanders. Everybody else seemed to have Jacobs. Sanders, oh, the biggest worry about him coming out was fumbles. He seemed to do just fine with that last year for the Eagles. It's just the fact that they seem to have like 30 running. They're the they're the running backs of what Washington, is it Washington? does with tight ends. They've got like 30 running backs on their roster. They try to use all of them. Uh, so that's what worries me about Sanders. Matt, your your thought on Sanders?
3: Yeah, something similar. I mean, I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, You know, I think he's in the RB1 conversation, just may not get quite as much volume as some of the guys that I have ahead of him.
1: And, uh, Dennis, you've got Eckler here at 9 and Drake at 8. Me and Matt have already talked about both those guys, so give us your quick thoughts on them.
2: So Austin Eckler caught, uh, what was it, 82 passes last season on 108 targets. So I do think there's going to be a little bit of an efficiency drop there. That's that's a, a, a pretty high catch rate at 85%. Um, but I do think also that he could get 120 targets. So he's still likely to – I think he's pretty likely to put up close to 100 receptions. And he only had 130 carries last year. I think that makes sense as a number for him uh, – Carries wise, I, so I feel like his, his um, while he was uh, running back four last season, I feel like his efficiency is going to go down just a touch and the volume of the offense is going to go down a touch, um, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Eckler, Kelly, and Jackson all with over 100 carries this year.
1: And then Matt you've got Aaron Jones there at eight me and Dennis have already given our thoughts on Jones. you are the highest here by just a small margin over me your thoughts on Jones
3: yeah I mean I think his touchdowns come back obviously we all we all feel like nineteen touchdowns is a little bit of an outlier but they didn't really add much in the in terms of weapons they may they even lost a few if you talk about Jimmy Graham going out we we all have kind of maybe some hopes for Sternberger. they still have Lewis but uh, Aaron Jones was the second uh, receiver on that team in terms of targets last year, and that's even with splitting uh, plenty of time with Jamal Williams. I think even if AJ Dillon is involved, it's probably at the expense of Williams and not at the expense of Aaron Jones. So touchdowns regress, but you know it certainly seems like everything uh, that has been said in Green Bay and the way that they drafted indicates they want to be a run heavy run first team i think there's still going to be opportunities especially for somebody who's as dynamic of a playmaker as jones and somebody who has good rapport with aaron Rodgers in terms of being a receiver uh, you know outside of him and adams you don't really know who Rodgers trusts and i think that'll make a difference
1: all right so i've got derrick henry here at nine i was the lowest out of the three of us i I think he's going to have a really good year. Obviously, they're going to rely on him like they did last year. He proved, obviously, all of us – or not all of us, but some of us wrong. I mean, me and Matt were you know, commiserating about it pretty much every week last year that like he kept going off, and we kept thinking, "Nah, this is the week he's going to suck, and he just kept doing good. Uh, but I'm not sure that they run the ball as much as they do. I'm not sure that the team is going to be overall as good as they were last year uh henry i still think is going to get a massive workload but i just i think he takes a little bit of a step back and like i said all these guys here are really close for me i just kind of like uh the offenses that the other players are on more for me than i do henry so that's why i've dropped him down here to nine so let's go seven and six so i've got alvin kamara here at seven i'm the lowest on him as well you guys both have derrick henry there at seven so not much off on me so your guys thoughts on henry
2: I I just think he's going to continue to get the volume and I I think Tannehill instilled, uh, trust in in the team. So Vrabel believes in him, you know, they're not, they're not going to call McDonald anytime soon, uh, as, as the backup there. So it's Tannehill's team. He knows it. They're going to run an offense that's relatively conservative. Um, that's built around the personality of Mike Vrabel, which is, you know, rough and tumble punch in the mouth kind of offense. You know, they've got them, you know, they're going to have some challenges with losing, uh, Jack Conklin. So they have to see if Dennis Kelly can step up at that right tackle position. And if Taylor Lewan can stay healthy on the left side. Um, but they do have some weapons with AJ Brown and, uh, you know Corey Davis is still there. He should be due for his uh, uh, Brandon Lloyd breakout year anytime now. Uh, I I just think Henry's gonna he's gonna lead the league in touches this year, carries anyways, not touches but carries.
3: Yeah, that's kind of the same for me. I mean, th- that seems to be the way they're they're going. He doesn't really have any significant competition uh, at his kind of role uh, of running back. You know, Pass catching isn't exactly his thing. We think Darion Evans might uh, get some of the pass catching work. That wouldn't be that big of a surprise. Henry is kind of just going to try to truck you and run you over. He's massive, uh, too. I think he finally found a coach in a scheme that was willing to commit to him, and that's probably part of the reason he thrived last year. I think the Titans, that's a winning formula for them, and they're going to try to run it back again in 2020.
1: So I've got Alvin Kamara here, uh, shorter. Or Why do you hate many. Alvin
2: Kamara, Matt? Why do you hate Alvin just Kamara? He's
1: as good as everybody else is. I don't think they're going to rely – not good. I shouldn't say it that way. I don't think he's going to run the ball, it seems like a lot of other people do. He's going to get a lot of receptions out of the backfield, uh, you know, just like Eckler does in Los Angeles. He's going to get the ball here and there, running the ball. I, I just don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to bounce back from this huge, massive season that everybody else keeps talking about because of the down year he had last year. It wasn't that bad. He had a decent year. I think he's going to be somewhat close to that. I just don't think Alvin Kamara is built to be a workhorse running back. So for me, i drop him down to seven. I think the Saints offense is going to be very good, as it always is. But when you add a guy like Emmanuel Sanders there, I think that you know that's just another guy that he can throw too short if he doesn't want to dump it off to Alvin Kamara. So for me, I'm just not a believer in him having this bounce back top three or four season uh, like it seems a lot of people are. I could be wrong. I'm, I seem to be standing on an island with that one, uh, but I'm just not as sold on Kamara as everybody else is. You two both have Mixon here at six. So your guys' thoughts with Mixon in Cincinnati with a new quarterback, uh, some new offensive lineman, they get um, John Williams. Uh, Williams
2: Billy
1: really Price sucks. Well, you know he's still bad. Williams what was it well, he something was it a knee injury last year? I, don't you know what
2: it, I think it was his shoulder actually, but I could. Oh, be okay.
1: wrong. But he had the injury in the preseason last year, kept him out all year. So they get possibly a little bit better offensive line coming into twenty twenty. So your guys' thoughts on mixing and this running attack?
2: You know he's he's when it comes to running the ball, he's the guy. And he's a good, really good pass catcher. I do think that Gio Bernard is going to play a role, a twenty-five percent maybe uh, role. Um, but Burrow brings some excitement to that offense. They they've got some proven receiving weapons. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I, I think he's proven to be uh, maybe not a number one, but he's a, a high high number two receiver for a team. They get A.J. Green back. They drafted T. Higgins. And at that other receiver position, you've got Auden Tate, who was making some fantastic catches last year, getting open and laying out for the ball. John Ross in his 4-3-2 speed uh, has a propensity to get into the end zone and started to come on last year as well. So I think since he has some weapons, when you improve the offensive line, most of the team ha- is going into their second season in Zach Taylor's offense now. Uh, so for me, I feel like you know if Mixon doesn't step up this year, he's not going to step up.
3: This is the most painful ranking on this entire list. I'd rather not talk about it, but Dennis raises a lot of good points. That is why I landed him at six.
1: Uh, so, for me, I have Nick Chubb here at six. Um, so, where I will slightly disagree with what some of the things you guys were saying was, I don't think you can take last year's stats into consideration that much because Freddie Kitchens, while I love him, is kind of an idiot. Uh, did not necessarily have the best play calling down the stretch there. There were times where they were throwing in guys like Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, who else am I forgetting here that was god-awful for the Browns? Let me see if I can pull it up really quick. A-
2: to Ernest, somebody,
1: yeah, Ernest Johnson. You know, in key third down plays, second down plays, it was like, oh yeah, Nick Chubb just carried the ball for like seven yards with three guys on his back. Let's throw Dontrell Hilliard in there just because. For fuck it, I think Chubb is going to get probably close to three hundred carries again. I don't think Hunt's going to affect him as much as others do. You know, I kept I keep referencing whenever we've talked about this. What uh, they did in Minnesota, while I understand Kareem Hunt is much better than Alexander Madison, Madison did not do much. I was looking at Cook's stats from last year. Obviously, he, he got hurt and ga- missed a game and he got hurt. In eight of his games, he had 20, 20 carries or more. I think Chubb is going to continue with that trend because it's going to be key for Baker because Baker is by far a very good – his best was when he's doing play action. We saw that in year one, saw it in college at Oklahoma, and they need to have a good running game to do that, and I think they're going to rely on Chubb. Dennis, you've touched on it, and I agree with you. Hunt is the better receiver. He's a very explosive weapon, but Chubb is the better runner, and I think they're going to rely on him for that. The other thing I think we could see an uptick in is his touchdowns. When they got down into the red zone last year, it was pathetic. I mean, the Browns could not do anything in the red zone. They kept to do all these, trying to do these trick plays and everything instead of just giving Chubb the ball and letting him run it in. So I think he gets a little bit more touchdowns. I'm going to call it now because this is one of the reasons why I have him where I do. I think he is going to lead the league in rushing this year. I think he is going to have a phenomenal year. The only reason I don't have him higher is because of what you guys mentioned, just the lack of receiving work. Uh, that he is likely going to miss out on due to Kareem Hunt. So I, I'm, I'm all in on Chubb this year. I think he's going to have a great season. Five, I have Joe Mixon. I agree with everything you guys said. I think he's going to be huge. I, I I wouldn't even be surprised. I agree with Dennis. Gio Bernard's probably going to be you know, part 25% of the offense until he gets hurt by week four and out till week 9-10. It's going to be all mixing. I still like Travion Williams out of Texas A&M, uh, but he is nowhere near the athlete or runner that Joe Mixon is, so I think it's going to be all mixing. Uh, for me, I have Dalvin Cook at four. You guys both have him at five. I think if he stays healthy, he's going to push these top three guys to be in the top three backs. That's why I said for me my top four are kind of like the elite category, and then there's a small separation between five, uh, five and probably nine or ten for me. Uh, but Cook, I think, obviously, he showed it last year. He was healthy almost almost all season. Great receiving, great running. I don't think he's going to hold out. I think Minnesota, event, they they find a way to make it work, and they either pay him or do something. Uh, but I think Cook's can, Cook, if he stays healthy, he's in for another phenomenal year. Your guys' thoughts on Mr. Cook in Minnesota?
2: Well, I, I think we've seen him be super dynamic. He's a very well-rounded back. Uh, they lost one of their top receiving threats. So somebody needs to help fill that void. And I think that's going to come from a combination of Justin Jefferson, uh, Irv Smith and Dalvin cook. So with cook being the dynamic player, he is, I I mean, at some point you have to say, yeah, the injury potential is there, but I, I I didn't, I tried not to do my rankings based on whether or not I think somebody is going to get injured. Uh, as much as I could and cook has shown us he can he can play so I, I for me I, I just think cook is an explosive player in an in an offense that's gonna get him the ball
3: yeah I mean I think we saw the value and uh, the fantasy value and what he provided last year um, I'm not that worried about him holding out either I don't think you can kind of hedge like that we've seen a lot of these situations I think a lot of people got burned last year dropping Zeke way down in their rankings and not drafting him thinking he was going to miss time and he was he ends up being back and playing week one Um, I just like the four guys uh, that I have ahead of him more
1: all right, so uh, you guys both have Alvin Kamara here for three spots higher than me. So your guys' thoughts on Kamara with uh, with New Orleans?
2: I think he's a shoe-in for 81 receptions. Uh, for me, Kamara is going to... He, he had 170 carries and 81 receptions last year, playing on, quote-unquote, uh, 75% with one leg. So I feel like... Nothing has really changed about that offense. It's Drew Brees, it's Michael Thomas, it's Alvin Kamara. Then in supporting roles, you've got uh, Jared Cook, Latavius Murray, and wide receiver two, DeJure. So those guys at the top, Brees, Thomas, and and Kamara, are going to get their numbers. And so Kamara, I I think he actually... Uh, sets a new career high in receptions. It wouldn't surprise me if he broke 100 passes this year, 100 catches.
3: Yeah, so your 170 carries and 81 receptions was actually 2018. Last year he was 158 and 74 in a year where they said he was 75% and he missed three games. Uh, So the big difference, too, 2018 – he had 18 touchdowns last year. He only produced six touchdowns. I think the he averages, he got Yangs back somewhere in the middle, um, you know, and if he gets a little bit more dynamic running and a little bit more dynamic yards after the catch receiving because he's healthier and because they don't have to, you know, have him unlimited touches and he's not missing games, he bounces right back up to where he was before.
2: Okay, I'm not sure what numbers you're looking at, but Pro Football Reference has him with 171 carries and 81 catches last season. I He's was caught, looking
3: at the he, uh, game logs off of Fantasy Pros.
2: Uh, well, that could be through 16 weeks, probably. In it
3: says week six, 17.
2: Oh, does it? Well, pro football – hes because the oddity with him is he's caught 81 catches all three seasons. People like to talk about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is definitely a weird stat. Uh, So we all have the same top three, which is probably not surprising. I'd imagine most people have it. Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, and Elliott. Uh, I guess let's start with Zeke. Uh, Any worries about – Tony Pollard, or anything else with this offense? I mean, I'm not. I think Zeke bounces back. Okay. Well, yeah, that's kind of the way I think. But, you know, a lot of people were very high on Pollard last year. Uh, I think a lot of it was due to Zeke's kind of uh, holdout. He just seemed to definitely come in. Uh, not necessarily in football shape. I think it took him a little bit of time. Obviously the move to a more pass friendly offense with Dak and those wide receiver weapons is going to hurt Zeke some. He's not going to get quite the catches we saw him get even just a couple years ago with, I think it was like close to 60 or 70 uh, before Gallup really started to come on. Uh, But all in all with the way he runs the ball, I think Zeke is just, he's he's a dominant running back. And so for me, he's easily there. Three, you guys have anything else you want to add on Zeke?
2: It wouldn't surprise me if he finished as RB1 or 2. I mean, I, I, I don't have any concerns about Pollard. I do think they're going to try to work Pollard in just because they want to play good players, and Pollard is a good player, uh, but he's not Zeke.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I like Ezekiel Elliott. I also figured out what happened. Uh, apparently Fantasy cr- Pros does not give Alvin Kamara any credit for what he did in week one of the NFL season where he caught seven passes for 74 yards and had 97 yards rushing. So Them they bastards. show him as missing. I was like, well, maybe he did miss the premier last.
1: Wow. It is, that is a pretty pedestrian game right there. So it makes yeah. sense why they didn't count.
3: Uh, but, Elliot, you know, I think he's he's going to be good. I think the thing that, that probably drops him from the top two for me is Dallas has – much better receivers and had a much better kind of passing offense so they don't need Elliott to be catching the ball out of the backfield he's still you know great as a as a pounder they use him around the goal line but he I don't know that he can get quite the same ceiling that somebody like Barkley or McCaffrey can get being you know McCaffrey was just as good a receiver. As he was a runner last year, that's what put him in a different stratosphere. We've seen Barkley with that ability, and he's on a team where his receivers are good for like one or two healthy games a year. So, I think that's kind of what separates him for me.
1: Dennis, your thoughts on Barkley here with uh, sitting at two for all three of us?
2: I, I, I just don't. I don't think at this point you can put him over McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey has shown that he's. Got what it takes. That he's he's the one. I I feel like McCaffrey could he could potentially repeat as the RB one for the first time since what Ladainian Tomlinson, way back when. So start
1: round reversal.
2: Yep, he he's, Barkley is an outstanding running back. Uh, I kind of disagree with Matt a little bit on the receiving receivers for the Giants. I know Shepard tends to miss games, uh, but Tate was there except for when he was uh, suspended, and and I'm big on Darius Slayton. Slayton's my wide receiver one, and Scott Fishbowl. So I I, got to make sure that uh, uh, I've got to be all in. So Um, it's it's a it's a top three. That's a pretty chalky top three, but. If we look at it, any one of them could be the RB1. You could, you could put them in any order. There's just a, a higher probability that it's going to be McCaffrey and then a higher probability than Zeke that it's going to be Barkley because the Giants will use Barkley in the receiving game more than the Cowboys will Zeke.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I I obviously think if he stays healthy, he's going to return back to more of what we saw that uh, his rookie season, Uh, but the dethrone McCaffrey is is just going to be, it's just going to be hard because I think they're still going to throw to him if they bring any, I know they're going to bring elements of what they did at LSU and we saw what Clyde Edwards Hilaire was able to do. Uh, with them last year and and CMC, I don't think it's unfair to say, it's probably 10 times the player that Edwards Hilaire is. And I like Edwards Hilaire. So CMC in that offense is just going to be ridiculous. Matt, your thoughts on Barkley. And then what do you think about Christian McCaffrey?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they're both good. I don't think you can go, you can go wrong there. They, you know, they've stayed right up uh, as the top two running backs. You could make a case for either of them being uh, number one. But I tend to agree with you. I think McCaffrey, just the receiving uh, dynamics, probably going to be a little bit stronger and push him a little bit uh, further up. Uh, but I think they're both going to be going to be great.
1: Dennis, anything you want to add on CMC?
2: Is there what else can you add? I mean, he's the best running back in football for football reasons, and the best running back in football for fantasy reasons. So, so
3: let me tell you what I'm excited about. We uh, we're getting ready for our work redraft league, and uh, so I rebooted it last night. Sent everybody, you know, projections. Told them to get ready. I've talked to the ladies that have pick 101 and 102 and it's very possible the first two picks in our draft are Mahomes and Baker Mayfield <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow can I get in that league Do you have any open spots I just want to really lose excited. another I, I tried all. to be
3: fair and took like all of us that are really good at fantasy and were dropped down at the bottom of the pick order but I was thinking whoever I can't remember who's third but to end up having like the fourth pick and getting Saquon Barkley would be such a gift <laughs>
1: yeah
2: right,
1: you so know, and,
3: and he for- can't
2: let him listen to this show because we swear too much
3: no I, you yeah. know what i just shared yeah. it on my facebook page where i also <laughs> uh share everything to all the members of the church so <laughs> i didn't think about that
2: you have to give us an nsfw sticker right, we have it on,
3: the
0: uh, I, it on
1: <laughs> I think that's why we don't make it on iHeartRadio every time now because uh. i have to mark it as expensive most of the time but uh That'll do it for our running back ranks. Uh, we will be back on Monday with who we got left. The AFC uh, Raiders. West. We've
3: got the Raiders and the Chargers.
1: Yep. We'll have those. And the next week is up in the air on Thursday's episode. Hopefully most of our Scott Fishbowl drafts will be wrapping up. I know Tony's going to jump on next week. We might do a little bit of Scott Fishbowl talk. Uh, as I will be heading on vacation the week after that. So I don't necessarily want to start wide receivers yet. If not, we will start wide receivers. Other than that, uh, we will be live on YouTube and Twitch tomorrow, just so we don't mess up the, uh, Facebook and Twitter audiences that jump in here. Uh, as we're going to record some shows for when I go on vacation, they'll be pre-recorded, which kind of sucks because I believe camps open the week I'm on vacation, so I'm sure we're going to miss out on some breaking news. As well, actually, put, as I put they,
3: they, no, nothing opens before July 28th.
1: Okay, cool. So then it'll be happening as I'm on my way back. So that'll that'll yeah, be helpful. But uh, yeah,
3: your first live show will be right after camp.
1: Yeah, so that'll be that'll be good. So that'll that'll do it for us though today. Everybody, have yourselves a good weekend. If you don't start, decide to drop in tomorrow, we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.
0: Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on red. Do you got your popcorn on red? I came like out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Of Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Guy, leave. Only oh, they tackle with a four yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.